You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast with host Fifi Peters. Uh, yes, um, moving on. Uh, sorry, uh, having a very light joke here uh, in studio with Ed, uh, talking about the departure of the CEO of the IDC. Uh, it's a relatively short time uh, for you to be CEO. I think like for less than four years, uh, Ed cracking a joke to say that uh, maybe TP's off to be the new electricity minister. I suppose we'll have to wait and see. Maybe give us your thoughts. Uh, sent through your voice notes on 061-410-4107. But uh, moving on to the next set of the results coming out of the banking sector. Banking Group First Round, which owns F&B West Bank as well as Aldermore over in the UK, said it's expecting to grow its earnings by up to 22% in the uh, six-month period ahead, and this is even higher than the earnings growth that it uh, reported today, up 15% uh, for the uh, period to December. We do have the CEO of First Rand, Mr. Alan Pullinger, on the the market update uh, for more. Alan, thanks so much for your time and your patience. So it is quite a rosy picture that you are painting for your company in the period ahead. I suppose just uh, take us through uh, where you're coming from and what you think is going to be better for you looking forward. Yeah, hi, evening, uh, Fifi. Uh, good to talk to you again and, and uh, to your listeners. Yeah, we're pretty chuffed with these results. I mean, it is for the six months, but our earnings up 15%. You know, what do we like about them? It's, it's really a top-line-driven story. So, you know, our biggest category of, 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 of earnings, if you like, is, is net interest income. So what drives that? Two things, really. I mean, in the main, it's our, our lending and our deposits. So lending up 11%, which is really good to see in a mortgage and, and vehicle finance in the retail space. So that's great. And we're also seeing a pickup in personal loans. So that's been nagging for some time. So that was great to see. Um, and then deposits, you know, up 12%. So deposit growth, outpacing lending growth. So really a good story, I think, on 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 the NRI uh, story. You, you, you know, you just to, to mention Rand Merchant Bank, which is the investment arm, um, of First Rand Bank, their lending was up 25%. So, so, you know, a, a lot of that stuff into, a lot of the lending sort of going into those power deals, you know, into that corporate space. So we're pretty pleased with the balance sheet growth, both both on the lending side and the deposit side. So that's good. And then our our fees, or what we refer to as, as non-interest revenue, you know, the biggest contributor to that is our transactional business. So, you know, that could be something that people would know if you bank with F&B retail or F&B commercial or all, all of the transactional uh, activities, their fees attached to that. And so that is a, a, it's a story of customer growth. We were able to increase customers 5% uh, in terms of numbers over this period. And then volumes were, were up right across the board. I mean, in, in every category. So that was good. And then, and then to top it off, we had a, a private equity realization, which, which sits in the, the RMB business. Um, and that kind of really put a little bit of a cherry on top. So NRI, a good story, and non-interest revenue, a good story. Yeah. Um, you know, so what did it translate into return on equity at, at 21.8%? So, sure. yeah, we're pretty pleased. Yeah, which you have stated that is at the higher end of your own uh, uh, target. Uh, so you are pretty pleased. But what I what I wanted to ask, uh, Alan, is, I mean, the uh, activity that you have seen across your uh, various uh, banking divisions, particularly the consumer-facing ones, as you said, you um, you make quite a bit of money when you uh, lend uh, to, to, to consumers. And in this environment of high interest rates, you've been able to make a little bit more. But have you seen any cracks starting to show from... Uh, consumers who perhaps are not weathering 
the current environment as as well as others? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. I mean, if if we if we sort of and I take you back a little bit sort of to that COVID period, of course, uh, you know there there was very little lending going on. It was really trying to manage customers through the pandemic with their existing debt load. But what we did is when we came out of pandemic, you know, those, those, that, that early period of, out of pandemic, we spoke about being quite discerning around lending. So we targeted our origination over, say, the last two years, really into that sort of low risk and medium risk category. Um, and, we, and we tried to stay away from high risk. So, you know, what do we mean by high risk? I mean, I guess very, very tight affordability levels, maybe quite a lot of debt already. So the customers are, or, or, you know, already pretty geared. So that, that sort of cohort of customers we, we sort of pulled back from and we said, let's focus on low risk and medium risk. And, and we really felt those were the groups of customers that could withstand better, you know, higher interest rates that you've mentioned and then also higher inflation because both of those things, I guess, squeeze the household um, purse. And so, you know, I, I think that has helped us, that origination over the last two years. So are we starting to see early signs of, of some, some stress picking in? Yes, um, but it's like well within the expectations, probably better than, than we're expecting. And it's, I think it's a function of, 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 of that origination. So, um, you know, let, let's see where we go to from here. I mean, uh, I guess, you know, cost of, of risk is, is really what we're talking about here. We do expect that to drift higher. Uh, from these levels, but but I really I, I don't think the banking sector is, is is going to be looking at you know any any sort of really bad stories around around defaults. All right, uh, Alan, what is stealing the thunder a bit uh, from your results and the positive numbers that you've reported today was some of the commentary that you made in your results presentation earlier on today regarding the geopolitics uh, happening in the world, and uh, it's being reported that you slammed South Africa's decision uh, to side with Russia and uh, also with. China, and you've warned that our indifference within this Ukraine war could be bad for our banking sector. Can you tell us what you meant by that? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's uh, you know, listen, you know, there's probably two angles to this thing. You know, one would be a, a moral position, and we did not express a moral position. I guess people would need to form their own view from a moral perspective. That's not the point we were making. We were making an economic uh, point. And I do think if you look at, um, let's just talk the group of, of countries, international countries, which are very opposed to this war in Russia, um, you know, and let's loosely call it the block of, of the US, uh, you know, Canada, the UK, Europe, Australia, New Zealand. Okay, so it's a, it's a very large economic block. If you look at that block, um, you know, the, the trade uh, of, of that block with South Africa, the investment uh, from that block into South Africa is orders of magnitude what we would get from certainly from Russia. And so economically, you know, if the interests of our country don't lie with, a, with, 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 with offending or, or turning our back on that, on that massive economic block. That, that's the first point. The second point, the reason... I'm raising this, is it is so profound for banks in particular. For many businesses, it's irrelevant. But for banks, it's not irrelevant. If you think about uh, banking institutions, it's critical for us to have access to dollars, to be able to access international clearing markets, settlement markets, to access SWIFT, 
So all of our customers need to make cross-border payments. Those systems and the dollar and is, are all controlled by the block I've just spoken about. They control it. It is what it is. And so you, what you've seen is, is you know, w- w- when those countries want to send a message to a country, like, like, for example, what's happened in Russia, they can do it through impacting the banks. And they essentially uh, exclude the banks from accessing those systems. So that is, that is something for us that is, it, it, it's a major risk. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen. But we must do everything in our power to make sure it doesn't happen because it won't just impact the banking sector. It will also impact our central bank. And so this is something I think for us to really become acutely aware of. Um, you know, it's, it's not a, you know, we, we, we didn't make a political statement. This is purely an economic statement. What is in the interest of our country and in particular, what is in the interest of the banking sector? Mm-hmm. Which probably is not a grey listing by the Financial Action Task Force. If we leave it there and just your comment on that FATF decision uh, last week and whether it's going to make your life a bit more difficult. Yeah, listen, I mean, it's unhelpful. I mean, let me just put it like that. Is, is, it, is it unexpected? No. I mean, it's, you know, we've been working as a sector for a long time on this. Um, I, think it's, I think it's manageable. So this is really not, you know, a horror story and, and, and we must all panic. I mean, we will get through it. It's just another challenge. Uh, you know, I made a, a, a call out there to sort of National Treasury and Saab and, and the Financial Sector Conduct Authority. I mean, they really did put a massive amount of work in you know, over the last probably 18 months to, to make sure we, we come out of this review as, as in, in the best shape possible. I think that made massive progress. But unfortunately, the status review is, is not one where, you know, listen, if you write the test and you get 85% or even 90%, you know, that, that's considered a pass. They really set it that, that you need to pass 100%. And, and if you've got a couple of issues, particularly if they're key issues, you know, you, you just fail. And so... There are some key issues that, that, that we have as a country. We're just going to have to make some progress on it. Um, sure. So the effort is, let, let's put our heads down, let's try and knock those items off, and let's get off this grey list. Sure. Alan, thanks so much for your time. In as much as you say you were not making a political statement, but an economic one. Um, I think it will be interesting to see some of the reactions you do uh, get to it. It's not every day that we hear a banking CEO uh, speak so sternly about the political economy. That is. And it would be interesting to see how the politics reacts to your economics. But we'll leave it there. Alan Pullinger, the CEO at First Round. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM market update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.